Jesus invites disciples of times gone by and disciples today to come away with him and to rest. My suspicion is that something sinister is going on in the midst of our world. And like all things that are sinister, truly sinister, it's hard to really pinpoint when or where it started. We only know that it is a reality. What sinister thing am I talking about? Performanceism. You know what performanceism is? Great, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's confusing your identity with not who and whose you are as defined by Jesus, but rather seeing your identity by what it is that you do. I imagine that when you meet somebody new, somewhere in the first five minutes of the conversation, you share what you do or what you did as a definer of who you are. Now, on one hand, that is great. The churchy word that we use for this is vocation, not vacation. Vocation. Vocation is your calling. It's where your deep need meets the world's deep need. And the intersection of those two is your vocation. I hope that you have a vocation, a calling. I hope that it is fulfilling for you. But it's not your identity. But the challenge that we find is that so often we get consumed, we get lost in what it is that we do, and that grates on us, wears us down, challenges us. If you look out at the world, you will see a story of people worn down by performanceism, constantly, day after day, having to perform to excellence, and if they don't measure up to standards, then gosh darn it, they're just not a very good person. I told you incorrect facts the other week. I, I shared with you the statistic that there were six to seven pastors in the North Carolina Synod who have left their calls without another call to ministry because of stress. I was incorrect. The actual number is 13. On top of that, 14 youth and family ministers have also left their positions without moving into other positions. Jay, I don't know about organists, but stay where you are. But it's not just church workers. Again and again, in the ranks of teachers, we see teachers and others who work in schools stepping away because they're worn out, they're tired, they're stressed. 
Airline attendants are also in the mix. Did you know airline attendants are now receiving combat training? I'm not making this up. They are because unruly passengers is on a rise in airlines. If you've been by a healthcare facility, thank a healthcare worker. They're absolutely exhausted. They're worn out. They're running on fumes. These are just three professions that I've named, teaching, ministry, and healthcare, all worn down by the work of performanceism. This stat's a little bit old, but your average high school student has the same stress level as a mental health patient in the 1950s. Do you know that? Because they have homework and sports and clubs and volunteer hours and get the grades and get all the credentials so you can get into school so that you can have debt for the rest of your life. <laughs> Pretty much, right? And really, we don't have enough time to cover all the ways in which we are worn down by performanceism. And it all comes back to that basic concept that we fall into the trap of believing that what we do defines us and who we are. And that's a trap that we fall into. Because who we are what defines us is the one who claims us and names us Jesus. Jesus claims us as beloved children of God, sons and daughters of the King. Did you know your royalty? Tell all your friends later on today your royalty. What was that? Where's your money? That's right, yeah. Different kind of royalty. <laughs> you are beloved. You are freed. You are cared for. You are named precious. Not because of what you do or how good it is that you are at doing that thing, you know what? You're still beloved by God, even if you fail. Anybody failed here before? Oh, I love how quickly your hand went up. That's great. I was fantastic. At, well, I wasn't was fantastic. I am fantastic at failing, let me tell you. One year when I was in high school, in a midterm report for English, I got a 14 as my grade. My mom's comment was, how do you get a 14? You speak the language. Yeah, that's right. No matter how successful or, a fail, or what a failure you are, you are beloved. But it's hard to hear that message when you're constantly being beat down, when you're always exhausted and tired. Anybody go to sleep, get a good night of sleep, and wake up in the, the next morning and you're still tired? God, I love the uh-huh there. There was a deep truth in there. Let me tell you what. 
time and again, the world works to take away that identity that we have as beloved, named, and claimed children of God. And so Jesus invites his disciples in our scripture reading today, and these disciples here, to come away and to rest. Those of us who have small children know that a snack and a nap can fix just about anything, right? But you know what? That doesn't just work for toddlers. That also works for adults as well. When we think about this idea of resting in a Christian context, we have a a fancy biblical word for it, Sabbath. Think about the absolute ridiculousness, it's a technical term, ridiculousness, the absolute ridiculousness of the idea of Sabbath. Thousands of years ago, when God's people and God were just beginning to interact with one another and understand one another, when the pages of Scripture were being written, the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of Scripture to write down this idea of Sabbath. Now, the context, the the culture in which they found themselves was an agrarian culture. Literally, your survival was tied to how hard you worked to work the earth or the livestock or whatever it was that God called you to work with. The harder you worked, the better your livestock was, the more plentiful your your harvest was. It was literally your survival and your family's survival. And yet, God invites God's people to enter into a practice of every seven days stopping and resting. When you pause and consider it, it's absurd. It's ridiculous that you would do that. Literally, a seventh of your life is spent resting. And yet, the one who created us, the one who names us beloved, knows that we need it. Just like a parent can look at a toddler and recognize that they need a snack and a nap, guess what? We're all God's toddlers. Did you realize that? And God knows that we ourselves need a snack and a nap. So what is it that is restful for you? What is it that helps connect you with who it is that God has called you to be? Now, maybe you're tempted to say it's video games or playing golf. Am I right, Ron? For me, it's riding my bike. Maybe it's cooking or reading a book or sewing. I hope that you have something like that that is life-giving. 
And if you don't see me, because April says I have way too many hobbies and I need to get rid of some, so I'm happy to just give you one. So I hope that you have some sort of hobby that is life-giving for you. But in the midst of the busyness of life, in the midst of the constant onslaught that the world beats down on you saying you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not working hard enough, in the midst of all of that, I hope that you're also taking advantage of that Sabbath time to connect with God in some way, shape, and or form. Martin Luther, in talking about uh, honoring the Sabbath and keeping it holy, reminds us that a part of that is going to church and hearing the word of God. And this is my favorite part. I love this part. Hearing it gladly. Oh, don't you love that part? Did everybody wake up this morning going, do-da, do-da, it's off the church I go. I'll hear the sermon with a smile and love it every day. The CD's coming out later on, by the way. Some of you maybe did. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that not everyone in this room woke up this morning and gladly moved their way on to church, excited to hear the word of God. You know how I know that? Because I wasn't one of them. I was tired, and it's hot, and it might rain, and you know what? My kids were sleeping great this morning. <laughs> it was a perfect morning to sleep in, but you know what? Y'all don't pay me if I don't show up, so here I am. All this is to say it can be challenging. It can be hard. It can be difficult. Yet in the midst of the chaos and the busyness, when you're stressed and when you're tired, Jesus is constantly inviting you to step away and to rest. Perhaps that's resting in the pages of a good book or taking a nap or going for a bike ride or swinging golf clubs or cooking or anything else like that. But I hope that also in the midst of that, there is a connection with God, an opportunity to hear God's word, to hear that God actually wants you to rest. I hope in the midst of all of that, you're recognizing that God gives you a snack. I hope that you're recognizing that time and again, no matter who you are or what you do or how you do it, nothing changes the fact that God loves you and God seeks to take care of you so that then you can go out and you can live your vocation in caring for the world. Amen.